So let's start a word of prayer. Father, do thank you for uh, your love, your goodness uh, for us. Lord, I just pray as we look at um, this topic of eternal security, Lord, that you just do a great work in our hearts. Um, Father, do uh, thank you for um, giving us your word, Lord. Thank you for um, showing us, Lord, um, through the Holy Spirit, our need uh, of salvation. Lord, thank you for convicting our hearts and our lives, Lord, uh, of our sin. And Lord, uh, pointing us, Lord, to the fact that uh, there's nothing that we can do uh, to earn our way to heaven. But Father, um, you sent your Son and provided the means, uh, did everything that was necessary, Lord, so that our relationship with you can be restored. Lord, so that we can have full fellowship with you again. And Lord, that we could uh, be on um, the path of living with you for eternity in heaven. Lord, help us to remember this morning, if we're saved here this morning, that our eternity <laughs> really starts at the point of salvation. It starts, if we're saved here this morning, we're, we started our eternity. Um, Though we, though we will die one day, Father, we'll, we, or we might be caught up, caught up to, with you in, in heaven, in the clouds, Lord. Um, but Father, we just, we just are so thankful for um, all that you've done for us. Thank you for your word, and, and Lord, I just ask that you'd bless this lesson. Please pray, Lord, that you guide and direct me, Lord, uh, as, as I teach this. Um, as you know, the struggles that uh, you can go through uh, when when teaching and, and uh, sharing uh, these truths, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, eternal security. Um, today we're going to be looking at this word called justification. <clears throat> um, uh, the, <clears throat> I did teach on a uh, lessons when I was downstairs on um, different uh, important words of the Bible. And... Uh, and some of the, some of this is uh, pulled out of that. Um, so just so some of you that might be that remember sitting in with me downstairs um, might be a little bit of review for you, um, which is good because uh, th these words go very well with um, with this topic. And we're going to be looking at a lot of these words and definitions because they really just help uh, support uh, this uh, this topic of eternity. And eternal security. Um, if you remember our first lesson, just in review, we talked about three things we need to remember when it comes to our salvation. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. It was a work of the Holy Spirit. Um, really, um, God needs to do a work, and He does that through His Word. And uh, when we hear the truth, or we hear what Christ has done for us, all of a sudden, immediately. Uh, the Holy Spirit starts to work in the heart and starts to help us to understand and, and see that we're sinners, right? And that we're in need of God's salvation. We're in need of uh, accepting what Christ has done for us. And, and the Holy Spirit does that great work. I, I remember the day I got saved. And uh, when I started hearing the truth of the gospel, um, the Holy Spirit just, I, it just overwhelmed me. I just, I just started to realize, like, wow, this, I never heard this before. Um, it's amazing that um, what is being said here 
Uh, and then when I finally saw that this was out of God's Word, I was just, the Holy Spirit just really helped me to see that, wow, this is, this is something that um, I need to believe. And God, God knows our hearts better than we do. And we are truly, if we're truly searching, really, the Bible says that He'll, he'll allow someone to come and, and show us that truth. And that's exactly what we uh, saw in Acts chapter 9, verse, uh, verses 29, or that story with the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, where um, a man was sent to uh, show him the truth. And it was a great truth that uh, he saw that day. Um, we also saw it was the word that showed us our condition, our position, and direction. Um, it's God's word that has to put us... Uh, and show us, Lord, exactly where we are in front of a holy God. Uh, and we looked at our condition is that we're lost in sin. We looked at our position is that we we're separated from a holy God because of that. And because of that, God has to judge sin. And we were, our direction was that we're headed for hell. Um, it's just an important truth, in fact, but God can't allow sin into heaven. And, uh, and there has to be a judgment for that. Um, that's why Satan wants uh, to deceive people. That's why Satan wants to uh, make people question God's Word. I keep telling people that when you look in the beginning in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden, right? oftentimes we focus on the lie. right? We, we think of the, the word lie comes up, that Satan lied. Well, let me tell you this. The biggest thing that actually Satan did in the garden is he made Adam and Eve question, question God's Word. Did God say? You know, that is one of the biggest things that Satan tries to deceive us is he wants us to question. Even after our salvation, even after God does a great work in our heart, the only thing that Satan can do at that point is make us question God's Word. And He'll continue to do that and continue to do that because that's the only thing He can do in a Christian's life. We'll talk a little more about that in lessons to come. Uh, But we also saw it was the Holy Spirit and God's Word working together to show us the message of Jesus Christ. It's important, and we're going to we'll be looking at this even more, but it's important to understand that our focus when it comes to salvation, our focus must not be on ourselves, okay? It must not be what anything we've done, okay? But it must be based upon the truth of God's Word. Our, our faith is based upon what God has done for us. And only th- the only way we know what God has done for us is based on this truth of this book. And when we open up the pages of this book and we look at the, 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 the verses and the message of salvation in the book, that is what we're depending upon. That is what our faith is built upon right there. It's not ourselves. And let me say this very carefully. It's not necessarily... You know, God says that whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved, right? Okay, that's a heart change because we're now depending upon what Christ has done for us and what His Word says, okay? There's many people that can just pray a prayer. Okay? But I was so stuck on this, 
in, in, when it came to my salvation that I was so worried that maybe when I prayed that even when I prayed I, I didn't mean it or I, I didn't totally understand or perhaps my thoughts were even tricking and deceiving me. I told you I was, I was one of these people that was very brainy. Okay? But I had, to come to the, I had to come to realization and stuff that God just wanted my heart to turn to Him. My, God wanted my heart to agree with what His Word says. To agree with the sacrifice and what He has done for me on the cross. I had to go to the, back to the pages of God's Word and said, this is what God's Word has said. This is what God has done for me. And I had to believe that and agree with that. And when my heart did that, that is, my, that is the point of when I've been saved. That's when I got saved. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even trust and believe in my own words, right? I know a lot of people struggle with that, and we'll talk a little more about that as we get into more, uh, more lessons on this topic, but it's the Holy Spirit and God's working together. Last week we looked at the salvation as a free gift. We looked at Romans chapter 5. And one of the main points I wanted to point out there is that God did not forget about us. God did not forget about us. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of lead in with the, with the Christmas. I showed you guys um, you know, a little bit of my background of when I grew up as a little kid and I showed you some of the actual Christmas gifts that I received when I was little that I remembered opening up when I was... Uh, I don't know, I was probably, you know, ages six, seven maybe. Um, I, I can't remember, remember exactly the age. But I had some fun gifts that I opened up. I had some fun toys that I played with. And, uh, and every year, you know, I would go through the, the, you know, Christmas and I would open up these gifts. And, and then it hit me one day, and this was especially after I, I, I received Christ as my Savior, that that. My focus was so much on that that I, I didn't realize that there was a gift that was always there waiting for me that I never received. See, the whole message of Christmas was kind of um, put to the side, so to speak. The whole message of Christmas was more, almost more focused on the gift giving and opening up things. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But, but we need to be careful that every time you know, we have Christmas every year, but that, we, that a family needs to understand what the reason is, what the focus is. Because every year as a child, you know, I didn't have the right focus, and I didn't realize that the gift of God was there every year waiting for me to receive. We also talked about that that gift was given with the greatest of love. God commendeth or demonstrated or showed His love toward us that even though we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We saw that the gift is free. There's nothing I had to do to earn it. I didn't have to do any great works to uh, receive this gift. All I had to do is accept it. From my heart, I just had to realize what Christ has done for me and, 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 and realize from God's Word what He has said and done for me and I just had to take it. I had to accept it by faith. 
And then we talked about as a Christian, a challenge to us, what are we doing with that gift? Remember as a child when you'd open up your gifts, you'd get those gifts and you'd be all excited about them? Remember I talked about that? And we, we'd play with them and we, we'd run around the neighborhood, we'd show our friends these gifts, our toys or whatever it might be, and we'd, we'd, we'd play with these gifts until they broke or they wore out, right? And you know, it was just, it was just something that you just loved to do as a little, little kid. But how many times have we received gifts that you know we 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 enjoyed them we 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 played with them we did things with them just to find out that maybe a year later or months down the road they're just what in the closet they're no longer exciting right you just kind of got bored of it you know I hope the gift of God His great salvation is always exciting in your life. That it never wears out. That we never, so to speak, just put it in a closet. I love that verse that says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. There will be a joy every day of our lives what Christ has done for us. That gift that God has given to us, that free gift that God has given to us, ought to be the most exciting thing for us as a believer. It should be something that we never forget. I want to go back to this passage in Romans chapter 5, if you will with me. Turn back to Romans chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And I want to just pull out, we looked at the free gift, and we looked at in, this, in these passages that it was by one man that sin entered into the world, right? And it was also by one that we received this free gift. But there's another word in this passage that stands out. And let's take a look at that starting in verse 16. It says, and not as by one man that sin, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto what? Justification. For if one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by one man's, therefore by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto what? Justification of life. We see this important word in these verses, this word justification, kind of mixed in within this, these important truths. And today we're going to look at that word, justification. It's an important word. Oftentimes when you hear messages or pastor preaching, you might hear the word here and there about, you know, we're justified. If, you, if I can for a moment, I want to go back about 4,000 years. And I want to look at this story or just mention here real quickly the man Job. In Job chapter 2, verse 7, 
It says here, so went Satan for, uh, forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils and and the sole of his foot onto the, from the sole of his foot to the to, to the crown of his head, and he took him a, a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. If you remember the story of Job in chapter one and two, we see repeatedly uh, Job going through all kinds of trials. Specifically in chapter two, we start seeing Job ask all these questions. And in both chapters 1 and 2, we see um, God talking with Satan and, and, and God saying, did you ever consider my servant Job? See, Job was a, a just man. He was a righteous man, right? He, he walked with God. But we see here as God allowed... Job to go through these trials. Um, we see Job here in chapter 2, verse 7, that he sat down on a, a, a mound of ashes. The mound of ashes is often, was often done in the case of mourning and humiliation in the Bible. See, he... He has this controversy with God. See, he doesn't understand what's happening. Why he should be going through this. I want you to know something that there's no book in the Bible that's more fully teaches us, the hum- us as humans, Who the, sto- the 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 message of those who live uprightly before God may also experience suffering, and suffering sometimes is the question why. Job is a great story that helps us to understand that even those that serve God and and do right can suffer. If you ever ask the question to God, why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I suffering? Why would someone you know, that's serving God and doing great things, why would they go through any kind of suffering? This is a great book to understand that truth. It's probably one of the most important books that, that the world asks in their mind. But it's interesting as Job was going through this, he kept asking questions. You can go through it and read it, but he's asking literally hundreds of questions. But the one particular one I want to point out here is in Job chapter 9, verse 2, where we see probably the most important question of all. He says in Job 9, 2, he says, I know it is so of of a truth, but how should a man be just with God? Job's asking, how, how can a man be just with God? You know, I remember as a little kid, the things I went through, you know, in life, 
uh, different circumstances that I believe brought me to start searching for truth. And if you remember my testimony, I started asking these similar type of questions. And I started saying, well, God, why did, why did I just, why did you create me? And, I, and, and here I am on this earth and I just live my life and somehow I'm supposed to understand and all the trials I'm going through, somehow I'm supposed to understand why the world is the way it is and how, how, do I, how can I even know you and how can I even know for sure I'm going to heaven? These are certain questions I started asking myself. How can I be right before you, God? How can I be right? And that's exactly kind of what Job is saying here. How can a man be just before God? Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, it says right here, we have peace with God. And it says it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are justified, let me say this, we can have peace with God. If you ever struggled with your salvation, I want you to understand this word justified. And we're going to be looking at that today. But as we look at this word justified, I want you to consider three different aspects. We're going to be looking at the meaning and the method. And the other one we're going to be looking at is the marks of justification, but I, I'm not going to mention that here today. Well, we'll see if we can get through it. <laughs> but, the, but the meaning and the method... Let's first of all look at the meaning of justification. Justification. Justification, here it is, it's important to understand this, is the gracious act, that little word act, of God. In declaring righteousness to the sinner who believes on Jesus Christ. So justification is the gracious act of God declaring righteousness to the sinner who believes on Jesus Christ. Notice that justification is an act, not a process. It's an act. Oftentimes when we, we think of salvation or, or people that are, are, are having a hard time or struggle with uh, their eternal security or, or um, they want to, they're struggling with doubt, um, it's because they, they need to understand that this is an act. It's not a process. <clears throat> See, when we get saved, we need to understand that no Christian is more justified than any other Christian. 
we're all the same. See, you, when, you, when you accept Christ as your Savior, we all get the same righteousness. The reason we struggle with this is because it's the way we judge sin. Because we often put sins at different levels. But when God looks at sin, He doesn't put it at different levels. To Him, sin is sin. So therefore, when we believe on Jesus Christ, it's an act of God. And no Christian is more justified than any other. See, instantly a believer is given the righteous standing before God. Instantly. And as we mentioned here, it's, it's a gracious act of God. Not something that we do. The thing you need to understand is that there's no amount of self-effort or good works that could ever bring a person to be justified. It is God that justifies us. This is exactly what we're seeing here in Romans when we're talking about the free gift. Justification is not is an act, not a process. The other thing that's great to see here is justification is unchanging. It's unchanging. Once God has declared that we are righteous through Jesus Christ, the whole sin question is settled once and for all. There's a couple important things we need to see here when it comes to justification. And first of all, justification is not the same as regeneration. We're going to talk about the definition of regeneration as well. Okay? But it's not the same. A lot of times we take these terms and we we kind of put them together so to speak and almost combine them into one thing. But regeneration is simply means new birth, renewed or restored. In regeneration, regeneration gives us new life, right? In justification, justification gives us a new standing before God. In other words, we are now accepted in Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful when someone accepts you as you are. I think one of the biggest things that we have a hard time with as humans is we have trouble accepting sometimes the way people are, right? And the reason I'm saying that is because 
this is why we struggle so much when it comes to maybe presenting the gospel or giving the gospel to certain individuals or people, right? Because we already make judgments or we already make decisions based upon the way they look, who they are, the way they act. Aren't you glad that when Jesus looked at us, He did not do that? I am so happy about that. Because God's love is so great that He is willing that none should perish and that all should come to repentance. See, justification is not the same as regeneration. It is also not the same as forgiveness. The reason I say that is because if God forgives me and I go out and sin again, right? Then I need to go back to God and ask for forgiveness again. (laughs) But in justification... Justification settles things permanently for eternity. We also see that justification is not the same as a pardon. You all know what a pardon is. That's why a president will give out a pardon, right? I never understood some of those. I don't know why. This is maybe me, but every once in a while there might be someone that might have been in prison for a very long time. And at the president's discretion, he can give a pardon, right? And say, you are now, what, free, right? Let me ask a question. Does that mean that criminal is no longer a criminal? Does that mean his record is wiped away? No. See, it's not a pardon because the record is still there. The criminal is always a a criminal. There's always going to be a record of those crimes. You see, justification means not only God forgets our sins, and we talk about that past, present, and future, But here's the key thing. God forgets we ever sinned at all. I I don't understand that. I can't comprehend that. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we stand before Him, when we stand before the great white throne judgment, when we stand before God, right, during that time, we won't be judged. And God will look at you and say, I see no sin. As if there is, we don't have any sin in, in, at all. He shall wipe away our sins, Right? We shall be white as wool. You had a question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Sure. Yeah, so what we're what we're talking about here is the way God looks at us. Okay, once we accept his son Jesus Christ. But the act of growing after that, we're still we, we still remain in what? These what? Corrupt bodies, right? <laughs> okay? It's where we we're gonna look at this in a minute, but it's where we are where where we're at positionally now versus where we were at before. Okay. Did you have sins in the past that maybe you you didn't remember? Perhaps. I mean when we get saved, we, we're getting saved based upon that the Bible showed us whether if you remember all your sins or not, the truth of the matter is that we're sinners. Right? We don't, God doesn't require us necessarily have to go back and remember all the sins that we've, we've committed or we've done. Right? Now, after we're saved, obviously if we sin, just like I said, it justification is not the same as forgiveness because when we sin, the Bible says that uh, He is just and he, uh, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? So we still need to, if we know we have sin in our lives, we still need to go to God and, and get right, right? But that doesn't change our position. Okay? Everybody kind of understood that? So it's not a pardon. See, justification deals with the sin problem once and for all. That's what we need to see here. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's one of those things that for an unbeliever it's hard to understand and explain. That's why the the message that we give out to people is that we need to just point them to the word of truth, show them that this is what God's word says. Um We'll talk a little more about that too because um, I think one of, another reason why people can struggle with their salvation is because of this sin issue. Right? They, they get so hard on themselves, so to speak, because, well, if I'm saved, why do I keep doing this and this and this? Well, that's a decision too. 
Yeah, we still have that old body, we still have that old nature, and Paul talks about that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, the the word the word the position the word we gotta think about and remember here is the word position. It's where we are position positionally with Christ. Okay? Will we go off and maybe after we're saved and, 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 and do something wrong? Yes. Okay? But positionally that doesn't change. Once when I was born into my family, right, I was my parents' son. I can go out and do the worst things in the world, right? But that doesn't change my position of being a son. Okay? So that's kind of a, a, a good way to explain it. Okay? Positionally, we are now a child of His. And that, that can never change. So let's illustrate. Let's, make it, let's do an illustration here. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well forgiveness when when we look at forgiveness here, okay, we're talking about that we don't have to be forgiven over and over and over and over and over again. Okay? When we're justified we are forgiven for eternity. We are, it's, it's now been settled. It's been done. Okay? And that's why I'm trying to separate the, the, the term forgiveness from justification. Okay? So when we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't put the two together, so to speak, even though what we're saying here is God's eternally forgiven us. Okay? But yet we still, as we've been talking, we still can sin. So therefore, we still need to go to God for forgiveness, but it's not changing our position with God. Does that make sense? I know, I know, I know. It gets, it gets kind of. If you think about it too much, it gets dicey, and that's, and that's why, and that's. I'll be honest with you. That's why when we look at some of these truths and we 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 do that in our minds, we start thinking to ourselves, you know, how do I explain this? How do I go ahead? And we need to remember that when we do that, when we sin, okay, it's not that God is rejecting us or that God, you know, forgot about us, right? It's that we are actually hindering our relationship with God. It's, it's, at that point, it's that we're, we're putting a barrier between us and God when we sin. But it has nothing, it does not change our, it does not change who we are positionally with Christ. 
Yes. I got to keep moving here. Sorry, guys. Correct. Right. Again, it's... Yep. Yep. Again, it's, it's the position is the focus I want to be here. It's where we are positionally. How Christ looks at us now, right? It's not how we look at it. I'll do this quick illustration because I think it's good, but um, uh, and I, I don't know who came up with this illustration um, exactly. There's a number of people that have given it. Um, but there was this man from England going on a trip uh, with his Rolls Royce. Uh, and he was, he was going on a, a trip to Europe. So he, uh, he took his car with him. I think he actually put it on a boat and went over and, um, and went on this holiday trip. And while he's on this trip in Europe, uh, something happened to his car. All right? It broke down, and, and there was like, because it was a Rolls Royce, there was like no one in that area that knew what to do or how to fix it. So he reached out to the company. <laughs> he says, hey, my car broke down. I'm on this trip, and I, I don't know what to do. And, and the company actually flew out a mechanic to where he was at to work on his car. And the mechanic came and flew, out, flew into where he was and, and uh, worked on his car and fixed it so he can go, be, go on and be on, uh, be on his way with his holiday trip. And uh, he's probably was kind of wondering in his mind that how much is this going to cost me, right? This must have been pretty expensive. You know, they flew out this mechanic to where I was, fixed my car, da-da-da. And so he wrote a letter to uh, Rolls-Royce uh, when he got back from vacation and he said, hey, I appreciate this, I, I, I thank you, but I didn't hear anything, I didn't get a bill or anything, I don't know, how much is this going to cost me? And then they, the company wrote a letter back to me, and they said, him, they said to him, dear sir, thank you so much for your letter. Uh, you need to know that we, are, we have no record in our files that any Rolls Royce has ever broken down at any place at any time for any reason. Thank you for your concern. You know, when, when God looks at us, when we accept Christ as our Savior, He does exactly that. He looks at us and He says, I don't see any record. I don't, I don't see anything in your file. I don't see any sin. That's what we mean by justification. I want to talk about the method, but why don't we do this? We're going to stop right here, and we'll continue this on next week. Okay? Um, don't worry about bringing this sheet back. I'll just pop this one back onto the next lesson on the new sheet, and we'll go through and talk about uh, the methods of justification. Um, and... Uh, and then we'll, we'll continue on, on uh, the add in uh, the next lesson, which was continued on justification anyway. So, all right. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your, uh, your love for us. 
Lord, I just pray as we look at these different terms uh, that we understand what they mean, Lord, that it, it does not confuse uh, our minds uh, of um, the great truths that you have for us here, Lord. Um, Father, Satan just wants to confuse us and, and help us uh, not to understand these things. Lord, Satan wants us to continue to, as you know, question your word. And Lord, the, mo- the moment we question your word, that's when uh, he can handcuff us, Lord, as Christians. That's when he can discourage us as qu- Christians, Lord. And Father, I just pray as we look at uh, this matter, matter of eternal security, uh, salvation, Lord, that you would put back into our hearts, Lord, the security, uh, the finished work, uh, the news of the gospel, what Christ has done for us, back into our lives, Lord, so that we can uh, take this free gift that you've given to us and, and be excited about it, be fully, uh, to use it to wear it out again, Lord. Father, just, just pray that you just uh, get this across into our hearts and our minds, I pray in Christ's name, amen.